Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Nurse Tony. She is a cannabis and wellness consultant, really focused on evidence-based cannabis education, focusing really on social equity and education in the BIPOC and aging communities, really helping them understand the benefits of cannabis. And I'm excited for this conversation in part because Tony's been a nurse and coming out of licensed professions, working with cannabis can be a bit of a challenge. And so I really kind of love to hear the story and understand, you know, how that plays out for folks in the licensed profession space and kind of understand where we are with some of that. Obviously, we're in a lot of transition in the cannabis community, a lot of transition in just general culture and society on the adoption and embracing of cannabis. And there's lots of work to do and lots of kind of challenges still to overcome. So I think it's important that we talk about these things and and figure out what can we do to advance cannabis understanding, cannabis education, knowing what cannabis, how it can be useful, how where it cannot be useful, and how do we really kind of help people 
benefit from the plant. So with that, Nurse Tony, thank you for being on this program. Thank you for having me, Bruce. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So let's do a little bit of background and kind of understand uh, your professional background, how cannabis has uh, come into your life, and and then we can talk a little bit about the work you're doing. Give us the backstory. How did this all start? Sure, yes. Uh, so I've been a nurse for over 25 years, and my specialty area has been pediatrics and community health and wellness. And myself, around midway of all my pediatric stint, um, Working down on the south side of Chicago, I uh, suffered from nursing burnout pretty bad. And at the time, I was just getting into meditation and yoga and movement and wellness at that point. And I was also utilizing cannabis at that time. But Mm -hmm. that was something I couldn't talk about in the profession. But what I did do, I ended up leaving bedside nursing and starting Yoga Tones, which was a health and wellness business, really focused in the community health and the health of nurses in general, because the way I burnt out, I really felt unsupported in the profession, and it was very embarrassing in many ways. Mm -hmm. So I found, through sharing my story on that, that I wasn't alone, and so the American Nurses Association and other organizations around the area began to reach out to me to um, develop programming and train, you know, for nurses how to mindfully make it through the day and and, and live healthier lifestyles and just some kind of outlets and tools that they can have. So I ended up developing five-minute yoga breaks and breathing and mindfulness, but I could not talk about what was really helping me. And that was my use of cannabis, which I really started using around the same time I became a nurse. I know that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. And I also want to point out it it was used to decrease anxiety. It was used Mm to helped me just sleep well. Uh, I spent many years on doctor-prescribed Ativan because I'm yep. from anxiety and I had really bad eczema. And what they didn't tell me, giving me the medication, that the Ativan is going to help me not be riddled with anxiety. And then that will help my skin. So no one yeah. told me that, but I felt good on that little green pill and I ended up abusing it. And yeah. once I realized this, I'm abusing this, I cut off all prescription medications. And that was about Mm -hmm. 2003. And I've really just lived the plant-based medicine to um, help myself. I haven't had prescription drugs since 2003. And very rarely do I take an Advil or Tylenol. I use cannabis. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We've had a couple of folks on the program um, that we had Riley Cote on uh, quite some time ago, but talking about as an athlete, uh, and he was an enforcer for the Flyers, right, which is, which is a, a pretty brutal role on the uh, on the hockey team and talking about how he was, um, you know, self-medicating with cannabis uh, throughout his career, really to help with anxiety, with stress, with recovery. And so it's fascinating to hear the stories of folks, you know, using cannabis to manage their health conditions, their, you know, mental health and physical health conditions. I'm curious as a, as a nurse, what, what are the, what was the kind of anxiety or what was the cycle that you found yourself in that was really related to the nursing profession? Was it the long hours? Was it the nature of the work? What was for you driving kind of the, the physical and mental health challenges? It was a little bit of everything. And I, I'll speak for myself, but mm. I feel it's fair to say many nurses coming out of college are type A, blood, yeah. guts, and tears. Give me more, give me more, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> And that was me. That was me. I I chose the newborn intensive care unit to the pediatric emergency room. I was a travel nurse for many years. And so that meant that I, every 13 weeks, 
to six months, I walk into a new organization um, and I always pick top A, like Boston Children, Grady in Atlanta. I mean, I chose top A organizations because I was that type A. And the, all of that, the working down on the south side of Chicago with the child coming into the ER bay and a gang member okay. running in right behind him with a gun and we're all like, what? You know, yeah. that type of intense nursing. And unfortunately, without the proper support for me when I needed it, you know, FMLA is mm -hmm. great, but nurses need more and we need more yeah. conversation around our health and well-being um, from the incivility from patients and families. There's a lot that goes on as frontline workers, um, especially in the areas that I worked in. And I drinking was my other option. So, you yeah. know, every night going home and having a cocktail and soothing myself for the night, but the next morning really being kind of foggy. Whereas mm -hmm. when I turned to the cannabis, I also like to point out that cannabis was never used during working hours. That was not yeah. the purpose. The me yeah. medicine for me was after work, um, trying yeah. to get to bed. And I should say back then I only knew THC. The whole CBD didn't mm -hmm. come into my life until I moved out here to California and really just began to see, okay, I know the benefits of THC now. I didn't know back yeah. then, but the CBD portion of it and then combine the two, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really feel like a brand new person and my um, eczema is just about non-existent. And yeah. I, do, I do attribute that to my daily dose of um, CBD and I exercise and yoga and meditation. Yeah. So bringing that all together, I can only offer what has healed me. And mentally, physically, and emotionally, and a therapist, I am, doing, yeah, exactly. I am doing really well with the cannabis. I know that that's what's in my regimen now consistently um, that has made yeah. significant changes. I'm a woman over a particular age, and um, my bones and joints let me twist and turn and get into all my yoga positions to wring out the body with ease. And I, it's uh -huh. like a joint lubricant. It's really been yeah. life-changing in that way. Yeah. I guess how did you kind of discover or realize or, or start using cannabis for the, for the stress, the anxiety, for the, you know, evening kind of transition process. Like, was this experimental? Did someone turn you on to this? Like, how did that play out? <laughs> That's a funny story. I won't mention the friend's name because I, I haven't had this conversation. <laughs> we'll protect with the innocent. Yeah. But there were two friends. They were my, they were twins and we were dear friends. The year that mm -hmm. I got accepted into caught on my nursing program, we went on a trip to Mexico and um, it's, we had weed for the first time. <laughs> and I call yep. it weed because that's what we called it. And it was more fun. It was more wearing Cancun yep. and let's smoke weed. You know, that type of yep. energy. But then once I got into my nursing program, an, another student said, hey, do you smoke? And I'm like, no, not really. But yep. then it would be an occasional smoke. And every time I did, I felt the, the effects. And I should also yeah. say, I grew up around marijuana. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear me call it all these various names because this is my this is my memory. And this is, yep. you know. But my dad smoked um, daily. And yep. things I remember about that, that actually he's no longer with us, um, that brings me peace is that the vibe, the chill, the energy yeah. that would just take over the home. I love the smell of marijuana because it reminds me of my dad so yeah. much. But it was that vibe that I saw from him and his friends. 
And I thought, this can't be bad because A, my dad wouldn't do this around me if it was. Um, And B, I can see what's happening, you know. Uh, So for me, when I started the relaxation feeling and when I say I had eczema really, really bad, I'd spend a large portion of my day scratching my skin, like down Mm -hmm. to flesh, depending on how filled I was with anxiety. So after long days at work and the the gang member coming into the bay was just one of the things that happened. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I experienced uh, sexual harassment on the job, and I felt I'm like sure. when I went to the powers that be, I wasn't being supported. So I was really coming undone. But when I got home at night and took a couple of hits of my joint, mm-hmm. my mind and my joints felt well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The joint helps the joints. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as, as, as things kind of progress for you, I mean, I, all of a sudden these states start going legal. We start bringing, you know, legalized cannabis, both for medical and adult use. Like how, how did this play out? I mean, you're a registered nurse, you're in the profession, you know, you're privately using cannabis, but now it's starting to become like, like how, like how did this play out for you? I mean, this was this like, oh, great. Now I can start being more open about my cannabis use or no, I can't because, you know, it's, I'm a, I'm a licensed professional. Like how, what was the kind of decision, the dynamics for you as, as this industry developed? It's been a journey. And so when I, when I started using, of course, I didn't mention it to anyone. Yeah. And then as I started to feel better and I started noticing that like everything you said, states were opening up. I was in Chicago at the time. I traveled a lot. So I lived in Chicago for 15 years and mm-hmm. it, um, the conversation of what was happening in California and Colorado was, you know, starting to get feet in the Midwest. And I started paying attention and thinking, okay, this is, I, I can bring this into the nursing profession and into community wellness. This is my time. Let's start studying. So I began to just do quiet research, having my eyes on California the whole time, just following what was going on. And then in 2016, I said to myself, I've got to get to California. I don't know how this is going to happen. Take me to Cali. (laughs) (laughs) But I need to get there so I can be in the thick of it and honestly be my own case study, my own tester, you know, and that's what happened. I ended up moving out to California for some work in 2018, and I began taking herbal classes. I took a summer course on how to make tinctures and edibles and, you know, just really diving into more research behind marijuana, the legalization of it all, the health benefits of it all. And I already knew, to be quite honest with you, as a yoga meditation and cannabis user myself, I knew that combination was and is, has changed my life. So I thought, now I need to get gathered the courage to find my voice to bring this last piece in without family looking at me crazy or my professional colleagues looking at me crazy. California felt safe for that. And so once I got out here, life happened. And I honestly was just pushed forward into being very open and vocal about it um, from my gut, from my core, and just from life circumstances. I did a lot of um, studying around here. And when I walked into these dispensaries, there was so many things that I noticed. Working professionals like myself, executives, and, and yeah. we're all in these recreational adult use facilities. We have money to buy products. So we're, we have the biggest bags in the place of yeah. all this product that we're taking home, really not knowing what to do with. So you're mixing and matching and you're not getting real health benefits because you just don't know. 
And that's how I got here. I hope that makes sense to you, that I was my own research yeah. product. I was my own case study. I have been to so many dispensaries from San Francisco through Oakland. And <laughs> <laughs> I ear hustle a lot when I'm in there. And I do that because my it, what I see a lot of boomers and Xers, and I'm an Xer, we're in there deep spending money. And it just yeah. pains me to see, especially out here in Oakland where I live now, I see a lot of older black professionals and mm-hmm. I hear them trying to figure things out. And it, it, it's who I was when I first got here. Yeah. And I just think that the basic education needs to be given. Stigmas and myths need to be talked about so they can be removed. And I find when I talk to clients one-on-one at the, in that, those age categories, that's what it is. It's stigmas and myths or not wanting. One client said, I'm afraid to bring it up to my doctor. Another one said, we're talking a 40-something-year-old woman. My mom would kill me. Do you know? So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of breaking down those barriers. And I have reached a point where I'm like, well, this is what I do. This is who I am. This is how it's healing me. This is the message that needs to get out into the communities, especially the BIPOC communities. Um, and I will talk about, you know, the social equity of it all and the programming that comes up. And I think all of that mm-hmm. is great. But when I look into the communities and when I was do my ear hustling, it's not only the folks who want to get in the industry. Okay. It is the medical user who really doesn't want to go to their doctor anymore because they don't really feel supported, but they needed that route to get the cannabis. It's the adult recreational illegal user who, that was me back in the day, who now has no idea what to do. And then it's the new recreational user who has heard or is interested, but really doesn't have fact and the myths and stigma outweigh what they know currently. So that that's what I see. And I think that black folks have been left behind mm-hmm. in so many areas, um, yeah. especially as it relates to health and, and many areas. I should say my, my, I, my focus has been on health. And if we yeah. don't educate the communities, not only the people that are interested, but the communities as a whole on the basics of the endocannabinoid system and cannabis from my standpoint, but in in wellness and movement and living healthier lives, we are going to find ourselves at the low end again. And that's not okay. It's just, that's not okay with me. You and I both know this is a great industry. I mean, I, I smile and I talk about it. I'm excited and I'm so new, but I have so many Oh, it's just great, but my heart gets <laughs> sad, and I, I think I can already see the makings of um, black folks getting left behind, minorities getting left behind, people of color getting left behind. You know, just those who don't have that step, even a toe in the door. Th- those are the yeah. people, and that's not necessarily um, money related. I, I'm, I know executives mm-hmm. that are just wasting money and have no idea. I mean, I, I love that you kind of broke this up in these categories of, uh, you know, people that are new to cannabis altogether, people that have used cannabis traditionally but are not used to the this now kind of legal market with all the different products and how do you, like, what do you buy? How do you buy it? You know, and then these folks who are really kind of not necessarily thinking about cannabis but could use cannabis if they just kind of get over the stigma and sort of the challenges that they're having, you know, not related to the the plant itself but really to the kind of the culture and the understanding of the plant. But what are some of the challenges? I mean, so when when someone walks into a dispensary these days, like how do you help them or, or what do you suggest to them in terms of helping them figure out, you know, based on what effects they're trying to, outcomes they're trying to achieve and navigate kind of these products and their kind of dosing and things like that. What's the what's kind of the strategy or the things that you help them sort through? 
So I'm, I'm global, you know, and m- most of my clients are online. And so just in registering for a consultation, a free consultation, there's a questionnaire you need to fill out. I want to know your medical history, if you're currently taking any drugs, are you working with the doctor, uh, just a basic who, what, what, you know, why do you no. want to take this? What are, you, what are the effects you're looking for? What are your health issues now, our concerns just re- and any medications that you may be taking, that's a big one um, because a lot of people that take cannabis recreationally, they're not, again, they're not really speaking to their healthcare provider. And there are certain things that we need to look at to make sure, like a blood thinner, you know, you want to be mindful of what you're mixing. Yeah. And if you don't know, you can have some adverse reactions. So they do a questionnaire before we even sit down and talk. And um, I offer free 15 minutes conversations just to get a feel of where, where a person is to find out if they're working with a doctor. Believe it or not, there are a lot of medical patients who still don't want to go back to the doctor about the cannabis side of it. And I, I just found that interesting. And why, why is that? Like, what, I mean, is this they're worried like it's going to get put on their record or their, their doctor is going to look down upon them? Or why, why do people have this uh, resistance? The response I um, have been getting, you know, doctors are held to really, really high regard. And one particular client honestly was almost shamed to yeah. bring this conversation up with him. And I had my conversation with her was, this is your body. You know, this is your life. You and him are partners in this. And you should write down all your questions and about cannabis and present them to him. And if you find that he's not willing to have the conversation or just shuts it down, unfortunately, you may need to seek out a different healthcare provider. That's just how important it is and how beneficial it yeah. is that... For your healthcare provider to shoo it away, I would recommend only that you think about finding someone who um, supports cannabis usage or at least open to having a conversation yeah. with you. I mean, at this point, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious your take, given given you're you know in the medical profession or have you know have been in the medical profession that's in this space. I mean, for a physician, for a doctor in this day and age to completely dismiss cannabis. Like how does how does that happen? <laughs> like how, how how do we uh, you know like what what's the underlying kind of reason for that right now? I think, and I'll take it back to nursing as um, I'll interlink the two. But I think it's all um, license driven, professional license driven. You know, we have to answer to the board. You know, and yeah. if our professional licensure holders are are not following the rules and regulations of the board, you losing your license is no one wants that. <laughs> No one wants that to happen. And I really do think that's yeah. a lot of fear. Even as a nurse, I'm very, um, when I talk to clients, I'm very clear. I am not um, prescribing or diagnosing. I am recommending to you from research-based evidence that's out there, case studies and personal experiences. I'm very clear with that and also mindful um, of any medications. You know, a doctor or as a nurse you know, when someone comes to you and they're taking a plethora of medications and you're really not sure about cannabis because we're so limited on the research, it may give a doctor some pause. You know, you don't want you have to look at your risk. Yeah. No, I, and I, I I get it. It just seems like even now, like, I, I certainly prescribe. I mean, we can't prescribe cannabis, right? We're not at the point where people can doctors can actually prescribe cannabis. But to not be willing to have a conversation about cannabis use like like I. I guess I understand the licensing issue, but it seems like you have a responsibility as a doctor to be at least be willing to have a conversation about how some, what is someone doing, you know, with these products. I mean, it's, it, 
it feels like it flips to the other side. Like it, it's almost irresponsible. I do agree. And I think there's a lack of education. Um, when I was in college back in the 80s, the endocannabinoid system was mentioned. Mentioned. That's mentioned, it. Yeah. So we don't get that um, education, at least in nursings. And I would think that doctors have not either, especially older doctors. I don't know what they're teaching um, these new residents coming out. But um, yeah. it, it wasn't part of our learning. It, it just... To even skip the endocannabinoid system like that now, and, and I look back and know more, I'm like, how could they skip that whole? Yeah. I mean, like, just really skip it. And when I think about yoga and meditation and cannabis and the endocannabinoid system, it is that is your foundation to create a healthier body, to create a healthier mind, you know, to create a healthier life for yourself. It's, it's all about the balance, you know? It's not just yeah. the cannabis. It's not just meditation it that is that endocannabinoid system and under the umbrella of wellness that's where i put cannabis and meditation and yoga and that's something we need to know about and again going back into the bike pop communities where education is always lacking if we yeah. miss this we're sending those community members out hey guess what you can smoke weed now or you can use adult again smoking yeah. weed there's so much more to it than that you know yeah, yeah. Um, why why i mean maybe it's a complicated answer but what why why is there the lack of education in the bipoc community about some of these things is it is it because of the general lack of education or is there something specific around cannabis that is problematic it's general systemic racism and honestly yeah. um especially it relates to health and that's my Problem, my concern with yeah. this, we are already suffering. You know, you have, I uh, looked into the last prisoner projects, what I actually um, support and yeah. believe in uh, hundreds, tenfold. But yeah. those are people who are locked up for it and they come out and they may or may not want to get in the industry. But what yeah. about the aunt or the uncle? Yeah. That, that yeah. you know, they have no knowledge whatsoever. And who's to say they wouldn't want to get in the industry? But if you don't start with basic one plus one equals two, you can't skip this is what I'm saying. So if you take someone and you give them a social equity program and they get the study in and the education because they got accepted into that program. Great for them. Right. That's great. But what about the other people in the community? This yeah. this is yeah. in our community. So I walk here in Oakland. I can walk past seven dispensaries in a half an hour. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot to not yeah. have the people who live up and around it educated or at least, and, yeah. I, and I don't mean a one-time education. You you have education in place so someone can go back and say, hey, oh, I'm, I might want to use a topical. Yeah. What is that? Let me go on this program online and okay, this is what it does. Let me reach out to this consultant. You know, have a solid foundation in place because this is just the beginning and what I would hate to see as my communities spending money, so losing money, um, you know, always ending up on the bottom, have plenty of product, but no health benefit. It, it just, mm -hmm. I can see the picture and it's not looking pretty to me. Yeah. And so what are some of the solutions or what are some of the things you're doing um, to help rectify this, helping make sure that, you know, the communities are educated? As I, so this is, like I said, this is so new for me, but mom, my, my business, what we do is looking to partner with healthcare organizations, community centers, places of worships, colleges and universities, and businesses to 
bring in the education or have it offered on a platform where people can easily access it, um, find it easily accessible. And I'm talking the basic, no heavy medical terms, based research, case studies, examples, and a lot of questioning, um, removing the myths. I did a workshop, a presentation on 420 on cannabis myths and facts, and people were just like, wow, thank you, because I've carried this myth around with me for so long, like, oh, here's a typical one. Cannabis makes you lazy. Well, no, Mm -hmm. that doesn't. You're probably a lazy person. And then if you think about whatever strain you're smoking, what category that's in, what effects were you looking for when you, when you did the, you know, when you took the product and what was it? You know, if you don't even know what you're taking, you don't know the effects and it may make you feel a little tired, but that's not lazy, but that's workable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Nurse Tony, if people want to find out more about you and the work that you do, what's the best way to get that information? I can be found everywhere at CannabisNurseTony.com. I, you know, I make, I try to make fun in light of all this. I'm a big TikToker and, um, you know, I had someone say to me yesterday, my gosh, at 50 something years old, you're dropping it like (laughs) it's hot and I'm tepid. And I said, take your CBD. So find me on TikTok proof, and you are proof of the effectiveness. Yeah, and I, and I have to say that as a woman of of a particular age, is like what I like to say, over fifty. Um, uh-huh. Again, the movement and the, the I used to have really tightness in my joints, and no, yeah. I get up, I do yoga, I take a tincture, and I'm good to go. Um, yeah. Canna Nurse Tony on Instagram. And I know this may sound crazy, but I'm a big Pelotoner. If anybody wants to ride with me, I am Canon Nurse Tony on Peloton. Like health and wellness. I love it. I love it. I think you're the first person to drop a Peloton handle on on the podcast. And I'm going to look you up today. Actually, well, I already wrote today. I'm going to look you up tomorrow when I ride. Yeah, Yeah, I'm big on movement and wellness and aging um, healthy. And just to be really serious for a moment. Uh, this is the way to create a healthier aging process, in my opinion. Movement and cannabis, um, just so much wellness there. But education has to be at the base of that, unless it's not um, worth working. You, you're not going to reap the benefits. Nah, I love it. Nurse Tony, thank you so much for taking the time today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, Bruce, for having me. I just want to say you. I reached out to you as when I was starting this, and you responded to me right away. And then I, it's just been amazing. So thank you for welcoming me into the industry. And I just look forward to making some really significant changes. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.